Hi, everyone. It's Mark Stenson, and you're back with us for Unlocking Your World of Creativity. We promise to take you around the world to get a glimpse inside the lives of these creative folks and how they think and how they keep their energy up and how they keep their ideas flowing. And today we're overlooking the Rocky Mountains in Denver, Colorado. And my guest is Colin McIntosh, the founder and CEO of a great betting company called Sheets and Giggles. And I'm enunciating very clearly because I want to keep my clean rating on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Colin. But it's just so great to talk to you. Oh, thanks, Mark. I appreciate the intro. And yeah, it's, you got to be careful about a slip of the tongue here or there. <laughs> Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. I love the puns. And you may have read about Colin and Forbes. You may have seen him on the Today Show or CBS or CNN. Colin, what is the buzz about Sheets and Giggles? Uh, what's going uh, on over there? Uh, there's a few different things that are a buzz right now. I think the you know we were actually just on Good Morning America on Black Friday, actually, which is really obviously great for us from a business perspective. But the main thing that they had reached out about and interviewed me about, although it didn't, it didn't really make the final cut in the interview, it's funny how that TV magic works. I interviewed for about an hour and like 60 seconds that was on air. But um, they actually caught wind of something that we're getting a lot of buzz for, and that's our COVID uh, philanthropy. So we've done a lot of relief work in the state of Colorado. We've donated over $40,000 to the COVID-19 relief fund in Colorado. We've, I mean, that's, you know, pretty significant for a small business. We're, we're not, you know, a, a large company, and we just really wanted to give back in a strong way this year. And so the cash donations, the betting donations, we, we got a, a call from Denver March, the city of Denver, and they said, hey, we're building these respite motels for symptomatic homeless individuals. I mean, to isolate them in their own rooms. And, you know, we need hundreds of twin and twin XL sheet sets. Do you have them on hand? And we donated every single unit that we had on hand to that effort. And so we're getting a lot of attention for that right now, which is great. And, and you know, I feel like you do good things and good karma comes back to you in the world. And it's lovely to see that. And then we also get a lot of attention for the product itself, which is a sustainably made product. Our sheets are made from eucalyptus lyocell, which is widely considered one of the most sustainable fabrics in the world. And it uses less water than cotton, less energy, no insecticides, no pesticides. And it also biodegrades in 40% of the time that cotton does. And so it's also really fantastic just from a leave no trace perspective. And so we get a lot of, you know, I think buzz from both those perspective. And then just the sheets are stellar for hot sleepers, especially they're cooling at night. And so a couple of different things I'd say. And then the, then the brand name. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, first of all, thank you. And uh, very commendable, your COVID-19 relief support. Fantastic. Thank so thank you. And thanks to everybody in your company who I probably support that. Oh, yeah. So, big hearts. Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole team. You know, so so this is a podcast about creativity, and, and you can't help but say, man, what a creative idea, making bedsheets <laughs> out of eucalyptus trees. Tell, tell me more about that and how it sort of came to be. Well, so it's a really interesting process. It's called the lyocell process. And so it's the third generation of a fabric making process called cellulosic rayon, which is, you know, rayon fabric made from cellulose, wood. And basically the first generation of that process that a lot of people are familiar with is bamboo viscose. And the, the trouble with bamboo viscose is that it uses a harmful chemical called carbon sulfide, and that's harmful to both workers in the surrounding environments. 
And so if it's not disposed of properly, it can actually be a net negative on the environment, even though bamboo is generally touted to be pretty environmentally friendly. It just depends on what happens to that runoff. Whereas the third generation of the process, which is, you know, uses eucalyptus trees, the base fiber, that is actually doesn't use any carbon sulfide, it uses amine oxide, which is, you know, non-harmful and it breaks down without any, without any issue. And you can also recycle, recapture, and reuse up to about 99.5% of it, or almost all of it, in every batch of fiber production. So it's really just, you know, wood in, fiber out. And it's a really, really stellar process um, of fabric production. And it's, you know, it's, it's technically man-made, right? It's not, eucalyptus yes. doesn't grow in the ground as a fluffy fiber like a cotton. But the first time I ever heard of this fabric, it, it sounded like magic to me. And it was a really, it was a really incredible connection I had immediately with it where I, I love the sustainability of it. It's a super soft fabric. It's actually a lower surface friction than cotton and it's sustainable as well, like I've mentioned already. And because it is, it is man-made, it has a perfectly round filament, which also means that it manages moisture really, really well. So instead of a wavy filament, like a natural fiber, like cotton, because it has a perfectly round filament, it actually uh, wicks away and manages moisture in a totally different way. So you'll never wake up in a, in a pool of sweat. It'll always spread it evenly across the fabric. So from that perspective, I fell in love with it on multiple levels. And that was about three years ago when I discovered the fabric um, and meeting with different you know, textile experts around the world and different manufacturing partners. And we shipped our first box two years ago and haven't looked back since. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, and listeners, who knew that bed sheets uh, were so scientific? It's really it's, uh, it's opened our highly, eyes. Yeah, it's a highly I mean, scientific. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to ask yeah. you, Colin. I mean, as a founder of this startup, so certainly you're playing in a startup world. So you got to get the investors, you got to get the money, the funding. Right. But also, you know, you're in a technology world, you're in an e-commerce world. There's a lot of things going on in building this business. It's a challenging job. I mean, it's it's definitely something that oftentimes I feel overwhelmed by. I mean, you know, we're a small company doing millions of dollars in sales. And, you know, I, I've got a small team and we've got eight full timers and about 40 people um, from contractors to agencies to, you know, manufacturing and shipping and freight forwarding and the accounting side and legal. And there's like, you know, it, it's, it's a pretty complex business that I've kind of found myself in. And I think the challenge for me is that, you know, you want to talk about creativity from a, from a founder perspective, it's the most creative thing you can do is building something from scratch where you have this idea in your bedroom, you know, you can visualize it, you can see it, but then how do you manifest it? How do you bring it to life? And I think that that creativity is what really has gotten me out of bed in the morning for in the last three years. But then once the company starts to transition into this, you know, more of a, of a machine where it's really about inputs and outputs and managing people and expectations and being, you know, financial support for your team and emotional support for your team and focusing more on that than the actual, you know, you, you start to hire people for marketing, you hire brand managers, you hire copywriters and, and graphic designers and it becomes frankly less of a creative process, which is I think very challenging for a lot of founders because then they find themselves in this new role, this CEO role that was never their expertise or their passion. And I think a lot of people actually fail in that transition. And, and it's definitely been a challenging one for me. 
it is a new stage of the business process, isn't it? That you, you yeah. know, have all this energy, like you say, it's six people in a basement kind of feel, right? And then all right, of a sudden, right. hey, you've got all the plates spinning. Uh, we've been on the, both sides of that. I know I have, you know, uh, playing with the startups and advising them, but also being that lonely guy behind the desk in a startup saying, okay, wow, what's next? So it's, where do you find, I guess, the the time, first of all, but the source of inspiration to keep the creative fires burning? What works for you? Honestly, it's, it's that philanthropy that I mentioned earlier. I mean, you know, I get feedback from our investors sometimes that they get a little uncomfortable with the amount of giving back that we do. And I can certainly understand that. But, you know, it, it is something that I think gives me a lot of energy is that, you know, to say, okay, well, I may not be doing every piece of copy anymore and I may not be doing every piece of video or photography or website creation or packaging design, but, um, which is, you know, everything I did in the beginning, it was, you do everything, every single Mm -hmm. piece of it. That's right. And, but, you know, at the same time, because I've been able to scale the company with my team members who I trust and who I hire and, you know, I have to remind myself, like you hire these people, like these are good people that you know that like that I chose by myself to to grow my company and you look at the growth that you're able to achieve with good people by your side instead of just by yourself and and you realize you're able to to accomplish a lot more i mean we for example we plant a tree for every single order that we receive and this year alone you know we're going to plant tens of thousands of trees from those orders and that's just doing good as a function of doing business and you know, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning for sure is, yeah. is that, is that knowledge that every order that we can get and every, every single piece of business achievement that I can get out of my team ends up leaving a positive impact on the world. And I'm really proud of that. Oh, fantastic. You know, you mentioned uh, a few obstacles and potholes along the path. <laughs> you know, every startup has them. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what was the main thing you felt you needed to cross over to get to the next level of success? That's a good question. I, I think, well, you know, and, and I, and I want to be clear that I don't, I don't consider myself successful. Like I, I just, a piece of that is like imposter syndrome. And I think another piece of that is we're still a young growing company and there's a lot of roadmap in front of us and a lot of things that we have to achieve prior to me saying, okay, this has been a success. Mm-hmm. But I do, but I do think that like stopping the smell of the roses is important. And so if you, you know, if you told me two years ago when I was in the warehouse myself, you know, packing these boxes and shipping this, these out that we would scale, <laughs> I think like 50 X in the next, you know, two years from a monthly perspective, I would say, yeah, I'll take that. Like for sure. Like, that, like no, you know, no. And, so, and yeah. so I think, I, yeah. So, so I think the main thing is that. And what, would yeah, it have made yeah. the warehouse work a little easier if you knew, oh, yeah, if you knew yeah, for yeah. sure it's going to be 50X? Yeah, exactly. Now I will say getting out of my own way has been important. Like I'm a, I'm a bit of a control freak, like for sure. It's, I think every founder is. It's hard when you're passing off these, you know, core functions of what you consider to be the core elements of your business to other people. And you're passing off, you know, marketing to someone, you're passing off supply chain and production, and you're, you're no longer doing the customer service yourself. And you have to trust somebody to have a good interaction with your, your customers for you. Like, it's, it's just a lot of trust. And I think that, that getting out of your own way is important as a founder. And that's been, 
I think, crucial to get to this next step in scale. Mm-hmm. Well, and certainly the product itself is uh, quite creative and quite innovative. What, what about your customer experience? Uh, what, what about the innovation <laughs> around helping, supporting, servicing uh, the customer? Oh, we have so much fun with, with the customer experience. And I think that that's my favorite part of the company is that CX is, you know, what you call it, customer experience. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun for me to design that, you know, and, and I asked myself, like, what are some things that I wish other companies did for me? Like, what are some things that I always wanted to see from other companies? And so that's really that where the question begins and ends is, you know, what do other companies not do that I want to see in the world? And then what do other companies do that I can't stand? <laughs> to be completely, to be completely <laughs> and let's get honest. rid of that, right? Yeah, yeah. And so and so the, my kind of guiding light and guiding principles behind our customer experience. So for example, like I don't like it when companies have excess packaging that is a lot of wasted single-use plastic. And so we have zero plastic in our packaging. And I think we're the only company in the bedding space that has zero plastic packaging because most people want to protect their products at all costs during transit. Whereas we understand we will have to replace some units during transit because we will have some damage here and there and that's okay. And it's a good trade-off for us to avoid using plastic. You know, I don't like it when companies reply to very valid um, emails where, you know, people take the time to reach out to a company, which I think is like, it's such a personal thing when somebody like is, is either bothered enough or they are excited enough or they are confused enough to where they're actually writing an email to this company that they found on the internet. And then, you know, what nine out of 10 companies, what do they send in response? An automated email that says, Hey, thanks for your message. We'll get back to you when we can. Here's our FAQ list. It's like, no, I, you know, I, I'm not dumb. Like I went to your FAQs already. Like, yes. you know, that's why, that's why I'm, that's why I'm emailing I wouldn't you. be calling like, you. Uh, I wouldn't be calling you if I, you know, if your FAQs were sufficient. And so, you know, speaking about the FAQ specifically, like I never understood why companies took them so seriously or how many people go to our website and read our FAQs, like maybe like 10% of visitors. And so for those people, you know, I want to entertain them. I want to have fun with them. Like, I don't just want to have like a bland, boring set of copy on the website, because then I think that, you know, you lose that brand value. And so, you know, we've got stuff in our FAQs that it, there's a section that's called like, I think literally useless information is what it's <laughs> called. And it's just like, you know, like little jokes and bits like that, that I think are just really fun and that we have a, have a great time with. So, yeah. And why not? Yeah. So uh, Colin, what, what do you feel is next on the horizon? You got past 2020, sounds like pretty successfully. Uh, how do you, how do you see 2021 shaping up for you and the company? You know, I think that the the name of the game in 2021 is going to be channel expansion. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're right now we only sell on our website and on Amazon and, you know, sheetsgiggles.com has been like historically 70 to 80% of our sales at the Amazon, another 20 or 30%. And I really want to look into uh, other, other third party uh, websites like a target, target.com or, you know, Macy's or something like that. And might be doing something with a, a, you know, a home shopping network or something like that as well. So just looking forward to expanding our reach and reaching new customers and new communities and areas that we haven't historically been in. And then also new product lines, you know, one of my favorite things about the company is the ability to develop and create new products out of thin air. And we're releasing a few different new ones this year, including 
eucalyptus towels, which will be really, really wonderful. And another step for us out of the bedroom, which will be great from a, a brand expansion. So yeah, so those are, those are some of the things that, that we're looking forward to. And, you know, I think that you can, you can expect to hear a lot more from us in the, in the next 12 months, then we've already, we've already made some noise, but want to make more. Yeah, there you go. Well, we'll keep our ears open because it uh, sounds like you got some great stories in the making. Thanks so much, Colin. It's been a great conversation. My guest has been Colin McIntosh. He's the founder and CEO of a terrific betting company called Sheets and Giggles. The website is sheetsgiggles.com. And of course, you can connect with Colin on LinkedIn. Appreciate your time, Colin. Great talking All with right. you. Thanks, Mark. Really appreciate you. Well, join us again next time, folks, where we'll talk to another expert from around the world on how to tap into your most creative and original thinking. We'll get inspiration from their own experience, and we'll talk about tools and formulas and processes to organize your ideas and create the opportunities and the connections to get your creative work out into the world. Talk to you soon. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only $0.99. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, mark-stinson.com, and enjoy the book. 